BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Here's my favorite rant for the day excerpted from our podcast, which you can find over at tomharpin.com. Welcome back. Tom Harbin here with you as my, my voice is slowly recovering. Um, I, I, in the last hour, I, Congressman Pocan and I were talking about how uh, this is the anniversary of the assassination of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King and how um, Trump has issued an executive order or a, uh, a proclamation, excuse me. And I want to share with you, uh, before we put Lamar on, uh, to talk about this, uh, what uh, Dr. King said about the role of government, <clears throat> excuse me, in bringing about, uh, you know, racial reconciliation and and integration and and uh, you know tearing down the walls of white supremacy and all this sort of thing. So this is from his uh, December 18 uh, in December 18, 1963. Barry Goldwater said, "You can't legislate morality." And this is, Dr. this is Dr. King's rebuttal to that uh, 54 years ago at uh, Western Michigan University, December 18th, 1963. He said, now the other myth that gets around is the idea that legislation cannot really solve the problem and that legislation has no great role to play in this period of social change because you've got to change the heart. You can't change the heart through legislation, that you can't legislate morals. The job must be done through education and religion. That's him quoting basically Barry Goldwater. He says, well, there's a half-truth involved here. Certainly, if the problem is to be solved, then in the final sense, hearts must be changed. Religion and education must play a great role in changing the heart. But we must go on to say that while it may be true that morality cannot be legislated, behavior can be regulated. It may be true that a law cannot change the heart, but it can restrain the heartless. It may be true that a law cannot make a man love me, but it can keep him from lynching me, and I think that's pretty important also. So there is a need for executive orders. There is a need for judicial decrees. There is a need for civil rights legislation on the local scale, within states, and on the national scale from the federal government. And in Trump's proclamation today, uh, his proclamation about Martin Luther King's assassination, he says, it is not government that will achieve Dr. King's ideals. Uh, but rather the people of this great country. He's basically echoing Barry Goldwater. I can't believe this, this uh, stuff is still going on. It's just astonishing. Meanwhile, Congress, uh, excuse me, uh, Lamar Waldron is with us. Lamar is the author uh, of uh, Legacy of Secrecy, The Hidden History of the JFK, uh, the JFK Assassination, and uh, uh, Ultimate Sacrifice. I played a role in Legacy of Secrecy and Ultimate Sacrifice 
uh, but Lamar is the principal author of all these books and uh, a brilliant historian uh, and political commentator. And uh, Legacy of Secrecy, of course, is about the assassinations of, of uh, Martin Luther King, Jack Kennedy, and Robert F. Kennedy. Lamar, uh, welcome back to the program. Great to be with you, Tom, and I, I sure hope you're feeling better soon. Oh, I'm feeling fine. My voice just sounds terrible. <laughs> My apologies for that. Um, but uh, let's let's get into this. I'd like to I'd like to take the whole hour and and really really dig into what happened uh, with Dr. King and his assassination and what uh, you know what you have learned in the research, the extraordinary research that you have done on this, and, and many other researchers whose shoulders you're standing on. Um, so, uh, uh, first of all, um, your thoughts on what I just shared about the way that Barry Goldwater was claiming, uh, was framing um, the need to ignore legislation around civil rights and the way that Dr. King pushed back on that and how this all relates to Dr. King's legacy and particularly how Dr. King's legacy has helped to change the hearts and minds of white people in this country over all these years as, as a Southerner and as a white guy yourself. That's, that's an incredibly uh, timely question. You know, you can always count on Trump to provide headlines, usually to distract from something. You know, he he wants people distracted from. But what he said today ties in so incredibly well. I was so so glad to hear you talking about Goldwater because he's the basis of one thing we're going to be talking about today, which is that political climate of 1968 and how similar it is today, not just in a, in a vague, abstract way, but in a very hardcore way, especially in terms of racial politics and conservative politicians. And, and people are going to hear about just some amazing connections here. But when we go back to 1968, things were so polarized then. Um, you know, and, and then it was kind of easier to tell because you had people with long hair felt this way. Some people with short hair felt that way. But, but even that can be misleading because most of the, say, anti-war protesters uh, and, uh, who were protesting the war or who were for civil rights, uh, they didn't look like hippies. They looked like the school teachers, in some cases factory workers, housewives, that they were. So, but, but people were very polarized, and it was no accident that they were polarized. They were polarized then because of the divide-and-conquer techniques used by politicians at that time in a, in a quest for more power and money, and they were fueled by really, really big money. And that's exactly what we see today, especially with this last uh, presidential election um, in terms of Donald Trump, where you divide and conquer, you set working people of all races against each other. Now, it was a little more obvious back in 1968 because it was basically black versus white. You know, Hispanic rights were basically still on the horizon back then. And, um, uh, you know, uh, but, you know, all Trump did was take these proven techniques that all started with Perry Goldwater, by the way, that Nixon had used and using some of Nixon's same people um, uh, you know, it did basically the same thing. So if we go back to 1968, and we're going to get to why um, King was killed that year instead of a few years earlier when there were lots more civil rights killings. Why wasn't he killed in 1964 when those civil rights workers in Mississippi were killed? You know, why was it, what was it about 68? Part of it was that incredible polarization driven by money 
and conservative politicians. And Nixon was using something called the Southern Strategy in 1968. The Southern Strategy was based on what Barry Goldwater had done in a spectacularly unsuccessful bid for the presidency in 64. Barry Goldwater lost in a landslide, but for the first time in, in, in I think, since the Civil War, um, or maybe ever, um, Goldwater had carried you know, the majority of the South. Okay, so, so when Republican strategists, and there was no better Republican strategist in history than Richard Nixon, you know, the man that could get overwhelmingly reelected six months after Watergate. Um, when you analyze Goldwater's spectacular loss, Nixon saw a way out of that. He said, look, if I can, if I can hold the South, and turn that South Republican, because the South was largely on a local level, state level, was Democratic and would be for decades to come. But as we saw again with Trump, just because a state is basically Democratic doesn't mean you can't look at, at flipping it with some targeted um, tactics. And so what Nixon came up with, with a Georgian, I'm ashamed to say, called Bo Calloway, and if you've, uh, I, you and I don't play golf, but for people that do, there's uh, Callaway as a name in golf clubs and stuff. Um, um, the Callaway that helped Nixon come up with this was a failed candidate for Georgia governor who had actually won the governor's race in Georgia, but the Democratic, conservative Democratic Georgia legislature took it away from him and gave it to uh, Lester Maddox, the ardent racist. So Callaway worked with Nixon to come up with this Southern strategy. And what the Southern strategy is, is it's a way to hold the races, but also get the moderates, the middle of the road people, the professionals, by not being as overt in your races. Lamar, uh, my apologies for uh, stepping on you there. Um, this is fascinating stuff. We'll continue with this. Uh, Lamar Waldron is with us, the author of Legacy of Secrecy, the book about the assassination of Martin Luther King, Bobby Kennedy, and Jack Kennedy. This is the Tom Hartman Program. And we're going to get into how this all happened. Stick around. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Nate Atwell here for Tom Hartman. Great show today. Mark Pocan was on for the whole hour taking your calls, one of the only places where you can get your voice heard to your senators and your congressmen. And Lamar Waldron was on to talk about the anniversary of Martin Luther King Jr.'s assassination. You do not want to miss this. We had Trita Parsi as well to talk about what could be an upcoming war with Iran. Uh, check it all out. The free podcast is available at uh, TomHartman.com slash podcast and right here on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook.